This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. 22-23, Clay Thompson takes it, hits another three. That's his 12th. He's two away from tying his own record. Yeah, the Warriors were looking for him down the stretch to potentially tie or break his own record for three-pointers made in a game, of course, 14. The Warriors look like they might have a shot at the NBA record for a team in a game as they finish 26-50. of 50. From three-point range, what a night from Clay Thompson. Warriors win it by the final uh, score of 141 to 114 as we welcome you inside. Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson with you. We'll keep it rolling here deep into the 10 o'clock hour uh, at 888-957-9570, as the Warriors Get a win without Steph Curry and improve to 28 and 26. And uh, what a night. I mean, really just one of those nights right off the top where it's special to just be in the arena to be able to witness what Klay Thompson did from from a, a shooting standpoint and an efficiency standpoint. And it was just spectacular to, to see him come out. And, and really early on in the game, when you look at the way the Warriors played, just no defense in the first quarter of this one. Warriors trailed 37-31 and, and couldn't guard anybody. And it felt as if the Warriors could have been down by a lot more and it would have been kind of an ugly start to this stretch where they're not going to have Stephen Curry. But Clay Thompson in that quarter – kept the Warriors single-handedly from being down double digits or, or being almost blown out in the first quarter. 18 of Klay Thompson's 42 in the first quarter on 7 of 10 shooting and 4 of 5 from three-point range. And at the end of the frame, the Warriors found themselves only down 
by that 37-31 mark. And then in the second quarter, the Warriors flipped the switch a little bit defensively and clamped down. 29-16 Warriors in the second, really from the midway point of the second quarter on to the half. The Warriors defensively made some adjustments, started competing at a much higher level, and were able to go on a run to close out the half. Kavon Looney, a big part of that run. Looney not in the starting lineup on his 27th birthday. Steve Kerr making a little switch there. Of course, Jordan Poole went into the starting lineup with Steph Curry being out, and Jonathan Kaminga made his way into the starting lineup with Kavon Looney moving to the bench. But Looney, a part of the close group, at the end of the first half that really helped the Warriors separate and and go from six down to seven ahead at the intermission. And then in the third quarter, it was more Clay Thompson and more Warrior offense in what was just a spectacular third quarter explosion as Clay hit a three to begin the third, put the Warriors up 10, and then the Warriors able to push it up to 19. And then some, 20, uh, 25 at the end of three, an 8-0 run after it looked like OKC was maybe going to hang around at at 79-67. They were up 20 at that point, and then 104-79 at the end of the third quarter. And that made for a fun fourth quarter with Steve Kerr, reluctant to have any kind of uh, question about whether the Thunder were going to be able to make a run. He was leaving his starters in the game. And I think you know, too many leads, I think Steve Kerr had, had seen this year evaporate so quickly to a point and so many games slip away to where Kerr wasn't going to mess around with it. Starters in the game, and, and that gave the Warriors a chance to, to really try and chase the record a little bit uh, within the context of, of the game uh, for Clay Thompson, who ended up through – the end of the third quarter having nine of 13 from three and clay knocked down three more in a fourth quarter stretch that thought it made you kind of wonder can he you know if, if he could get a couple more shots could he tie his own record of course of, of 14 in a game and then Dante DiVincenzo was knocking him down in the fourth quarter everybody was knocking him down for the Warriors again to that tune of of 26 of 50 and the Warriors go on to put up 141. Clay Thompson, 42 points, 15 of 22 from the floor, 12 of 16 from three-point range in 33 minutes for Clay, and just a, an all-time uh, outstanding performance for Clay Thompson uh, in this one. Vintage Clay, vintage Clay in the first quarter, vintage Clay in the first half, vintage Clay for his 33 minutes on, on the floor. And we talked about it on Warriors Live, the fact that that Clay Thompson was going to have to set the tone along with Draymond Green for how this Warriors team was going to have to play in this time that they're going to be without Steph Curry to try and not only stay afloat, but with the schedule they have, try to push forward and move up in the Western Conference standings with this jumbled up as, as everything's been. And we've talked about it on and on. And so Clay set that tone. Draymond, I think, set the tone defensively in the middle of that second quarter. Uh, enough is enough after the, the Thunder hit him for 37. Really, Oklahoma City was getting whatever they wanted in the first quarter, both at the rim, 18 points in the paint. And the Thunder also able to to hit, I believe it was four threes, and then they get to the free throw line, and and it was just a, a scenario for the Warriors that was that was ugly, and and one that that frankly we we've, we've seen 
all too much at times with the Warriors' struggles defensively. But but Draymond, tone setter, he was everywhere in in the second quarter. Really was everywhere from that point on. Uh, in the game, and it was just uh, a special, special night for the Warriors as they kind of flipped the switch defensively. Clay Thompson in an unreal zone, really the type zone that only he and Steph Curry can get in uh, among NBA players. It's there. It's it's just a there's a there's the great zone. There's the the, the zone the zone that that really good players and great players can get in. All star players can get in. Those are almost two different levels on the staircase of just incredibly on-fire zone. And then you've got the Steph and Clay zone, which I think is on top of all of the other ones. And Clay was in that mode tonight. It was it was the 60-point in 29-minute Clay. It was the 37-point quarter Clay from 2015 against Sacramento. It was Game 6 Clay against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City in May of, of 2016. It was just a vintage A-plus Clay Thompson-level performance in a game that the Warriors really needed it, obviously playing here now without Steph Curry. So 8 at 8 957 Drama-free for the Warriors tonight uh, as it's been a long time since there's been one of these, especially on the Chase Center hardwood where the Warriors – end up building a lead to where things are, are comfortable in the fourth quarter, and, and, and they can have some fun. It was kind of a, a palate cleanser, I thought, for the Warriors in, in this game tonight to where the fans are dancing in the aisles and, and having a good time and high-fiving each other and, and, and really some joy back, I think, brought to this Warriors team that's been hit and miss, to say the least, with how up and down this season has been for Golden State, but tonight it was there and it was on full display. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole heard the noise, I, I think, about uh, all of the fans that were concerned about his performances. Jordan, Jordan Poole, and we will hear from Steve Kerr, and we will hear from Draymond Green, but I, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I, I'm just going to – both of them said in the postgame press conferences that they felt – that this was the best game that Jordan Poole has ever played in his career. And Poole was was getting everybody else involved. Steve Kerr talked about it before the game, the fact that, that Poole is in – he's got to be the point guard. He goes into the Steph spot, and that means plenty of opportunities to look to shoot, plenty of opportunities to look to score and get his own. But he also has to run the team with the, the first unit and – if there was any question as to whether or not Jordan Poole would be up to the task for the Warriors without Steph, and, and I don't really think there should have been a question. If, if anything, the question surrounding Jordan Poole, and I don't necessarily want to take the show down this road on a night where he was spectacular, but if there's any question about Jordan Poole, it's when everybody's playing. The, the, it's, it's when he is forced to be the sixth man and or the Warriors have to go small to get him into the starting lineup and the small lineups have just not been as effective as, as they've been in, in other iterations and other years for the Warriors. But when he starts, he's fine. When Jordan Poole starts, he's like a completely different player. And, and we talked about the 27 a game that he's averaged in the starting lineup and the 28 a game he averaged over the 11 game span where Steph Curry was out in December and January, and Jordan Poole let everybody know again tonight 
that he can be a damn good player and put up big numbers, and he did it in a very different way than we're used to seeing Jordan Poole do it tonight with the career-high 12 assists, 21 points, efficient, 5 of 10 from 3, 8 of 14 overall. He was picking his spots. He was getting the uh, other players involved. He was hunting records for Clay Thompson down the stretch in the game as it, as it was a blowout, picked up a couple of turnovers in, in that instance, but uh, just an outstanding under-control point guard type of a game for Jordan Poole, and again, he's been extremely effective when the Warriors have needed him to be effective most, whether it's been in Clay Thompson's stead or tonight in Steph Curry's stead, as was the case in, in December and January. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and uh, pause for our ID here for the start of the 10 o'clock hour. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. Yeah, we appreciate everybody who is watching tonight on Twitch and YouTube, and of course everybody listening on the Odyssey app or on the radio here on 95.7 The Game. Fun night at Chase. Warriors win 141-114. to and they improved to what, again, is the high watermark for them on this season at two games over 500. Fourth time, I believe, have to check my notes on that one, but that this Warriors team has been two games over 500. They have yet to be able to get to three games over 500 in any uh, instance this season. So they'll have another opportunity to do that on Wednesday when they take on the Blazers. It's the Lakers after that, Washington here in Chase Center a week from tonight and then a week from tomorrow, the Warriors take on the Clippers to close out the pre-All-Star break portion of the schedule. But a big win, a tone-setting win, and a a win for the Warriors without a lot of drama that I think is a palate cleanser, a feel-good win, but also it's the template for what the Warriors have to do during this period where they're going to be without Steph Curry. It's Jordan Poole controlling the game without scoring. It's Klay Thompson just relaxed in the perfect Clay Thompson manner and demeanor showing everybody that that it's time for him to go even bigger than he's been of late and he's been huge to help this Warriors team in January and and on into February and and that has been well chronicled the level that that he's been able to play at and and Draymond defensively and the effort and the energy and and the fighting to rebound the basketball collectively you look at the Warriors tonight 45-36 they out-rebound Oklahoma City in in this game and it was a little bit of everybody pitching in. Draymond Green with 10 boards. Clay had three. Poole had four. DiVincenzo, seven. Looney, 11 rebounds. Jamichael Green and Ty Jerome each pitching in with, with rebounds. Hell, even James Wiseman tonight made the most of his mop-up duty minutes in the final 441 that Wiseman was able to get out there. Some nice footwork in the post. Hit a couple of short ones, six quick points, and and looking comfortable out there. Even grabbed a, a couple of rebounds. So one of the better feel good nights for the Warriors, top to bottom, tonight here uh, inside Chase Center to earn this victory over Oklahoma City and, and an Oklahoma City team that the Warriors have 
dominated. We talked a lot uh, on Warriors Live about the seven consecutive games that the Warriors had won coming in head-to-head against the Thunder, going all the way back to the 2019 year at, at the back end of that that calendar year and the Warriors in the 15 and the 15 and 50 team was basically the last team that lost to the Thunder in in any form and a lot of these games have been blowouts and so the Warriors do it again I think it was seven straight for the Warriors against OKC by an average of 21 points and that average gets kicked up a notch when you win in this game tonight and you lead by as many as 29 you win by what ultimately is a 141 to 114 final margin 888-957-9570-888-957-9570 it's John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Let's go ahead and hear uh, a little bit from Steve Kerr as he met with the media downstairs in the post-game press conference uh, on 95.7 The Game. Steve, how refreshing is it to have one of these games where you can clear the bench at the end and kind of cruise a little bit? Yeah, that was fun. That was probably the most fun I've had watching our team play all year. Just so many great individual performances and uh, fun to see you know, some of the guys who don't play much um, get out there and, and do well. And it's a, definitely a, a feel-good night for our team. What do you think of uh, Point Pool? He seemed to be moving the ball really well tonight. I thought Jordan was magnificent. Um, one of the best games I've ever seen him play. He just was so under control. Um, I think first half, he controlled the half without really scoring much at all. Clay was dominating, obviously, with uh, with his shot. But... Jordan was controlling the game, just uh, running the show and taking care of the ball. And, and then, of course, he started scoring in the second half when when that uh, presented itself. But he was just uh, he's brilliant all night. Did you think the team kind of relaxed once they saw Clay being Clay? I mean, it was thir- to give up thirty seven points in the first quarter uh, didn't look great, but then Clay starts getting high. Do you feel that was kind of like everybody just took the energy from? For Clay? sure, yeah. I mean, we 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 feed off Clay all the time but in particular on a night like tonight where we're you know down early and uh, giving up a lot of points and I thought OKC really uh, came out and hit us in the mouth right away you know nine to two right out of the gate you could tell they were playing with a lot of energy and pace and, and Clay just kept us in it early with his shot making and allowed us to kind of find our groove. Steve what's it like when I mean you've seen it before obviously but when Clay starts making shots from wherever and no matter what the angle or whatever, what's it like watching that in action and they all seem to be going in? I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's when the crowd really gets into it. Um, you can just feel the game changing, you know, as he starts making those shots, the crowd starts to anticipate every possession. You know, the game starts to open up because they have to pay more and more attention to him. And, uh, yeah, when he gets in a zone like that, it's something special to watch. Steve, there was a time where uh, probably wouldn't have played starters in that fourth quarter, but it felt like you were, you know, maybe trying to figure out when to clear the bench. Like, how how tough was it deciding how long to ride guys and when to go in? These days, a a 20-point lead can go like that just with with all the three-point shooting. So you just – you don't mess around. And, uh, you know, we're we're also – looking at combinations too going forward we're going to be without Steph you know the next few games and so we've got to we got to make sure we're ready for Portland and and the game's coming up after that and we're looking at different combinations and different rotations so got to got to keep playing 
Steve, I know you said that you guys are all optimistic um, and how you guys can do even without stuff, but what does a win like this, a dominant one like this do for you guys? I mean, that you'll be without stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, this is a confidence booster for sure. You know, um, to, to play without him, but to see the performance uh, of the, of the team and the, the amazing individual performances we got, as I said, it was a, it was a, a feel good game for a lot of people. And, and um, that just, you know, really uh, fuels everybody. So uh, hopefully we can keep that going. Yeah. Coming in the starting lineup obviously started not so great, but they did settle it down. I think played very well in, in, in the start of the second half. What was the idea there, and might you stick with this? Uh, the idea was just to get um, a little more spacing. You know, without Steph, um, it's tougher to, uh, you know, play two bigs together uh, with Draymond and Loon. Um, you know, Steph's the guy who who takes care of spacing and, and sort of negates any spacing issues that you have offensively with his shot making. Clay, too, of course. Uh, but we just thought without Steph, we'd we'd uh, start J.K. and then bring Loon off the bench just to give us a, a little more spacing and and scoring punch offensively. What are you seeing for Jamichael that's been so different, and and why he's been so effective now as opposed to the first month or so? You know, I didn't do a, a, a great job with him early in the season, uh, putting him in positions to succeed. And I think now our, our rotation is much more settled. I think he feels much more comfortable with the group around him, and and our bench play in general has just gotten much better since early in the year. So um, as that has happened, as guys like like Dante and and uh, and Ty Jerome and J.K. have solidified roles. Um, you know, J. Mike has has really kind of settled in along with them. Uh, you guys sent out a news release early said earlier today that said um, Ryan Rollins is getting shut down for us the year. Uh, what are you hearing on that? And what are your thoughts on you know his rookie season overall? Yeah, he's getting uh, foot surgery. This was something that we knew he might have to to do. It was a question of whether it was going to happen during the season or after. And uh, we opted for uh, right now to get him uh, prepared for the summer, and he should recover well. And we're very high on Ryan. Got a lot of ability, and this was a great uh, learning experience this year, his rookie season. Yeah, so some tough news there from Steve Kerr at the back end of the postgame press conference, something that hadn't been asked about in the pregame, but it was news that, that broke earlier today, and that was the Warriors making the announcement that Ryan Rollins is going to be shut down for the year. Jones fracture uh, in one of the toes and his foot. I want to make sure I get the official word right there. Yeah, it was a Jones fracture at one of the metatarsals in, in the foot, and so... Yeah, he's going to be done for the season and more info to follow in the next couple of days. Scheduled to have surgery on that coming up on Wednesday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Steve Kerr, you know, confidence booster. That's the part that I wanted to hone in on the most. And the Warriors able to play the way that they were able to play tonight and have so many different players contribute in so many different ways and have it be a confidence booster without Steph knowing that they're going to have to continue to play without Steph and this is seven and five now for the Warriors in the last 12 games and I know this season to this point when you look at where the Warriors are in the standings at, at just two games over 500 and the inability to to be any better at any point than than the two games over 500 where they currently stand you look at the way that this Warriors team has been able to hold it together without Steph if they do get on 
a run here in these final now 28 games to where they do wind up with a with a four seed or a five seed or a three seed or, or whatever it ends up being. And there's a long way to go. And, and I don't want to we, – we've seen this too many times this year where it looks like the Warriors are about to get on a run, and especially without Steph, I'm, I'm not going to play that game. But if the Warriors do end up getting on that run here between now and, and April 9th in these last two months before the season ends, the – way that the Warriors played without Steph Curry becomes, I think, a, a pretty big headline as to this Warriors season and and the fact that you know seven and five without Steph Curry for a team that really hasn't been all that deep, uh, you know, top to bottom when when they've had everybody going, I think that's pretty impressive. And and if this team can keep that level, if it ends up being a, a eleven and eight or 12 and 9 kind of a thing in in 20 21 games without Steph and the Warriors are able to be held up and go on a run here down the stretch that that's that's season saving kind of stuff and you know Jordan Poole for as maligned as he's been at times gets a lot of credit for it saw a note about Clay Thompson and the numbers that that Clay has put up when he's been without when the Warriors have been without Steph Curry and Clay Thompson has been tremendous, 27.2 points per game without Steph. So he has been someone who has risen to the occasion. 27, four boards, five three-point makes. So he's up about a, a three-point make and a half over the time when, when Steph is on the floor. Obviously, him and Steph are going to be sharing some of the, the shots, although Clay never bashful, never shy to get his shots up. But, yeah, with Steph, Clay this year, 19.4 points per game. Without Steph, he kicks it up eight. And we've already gone through Jordan Poole and the increase in his production with Steph out. So there are points to be had and plays to be made. And Jordan Poole and, and Clay Thompson have really been the headliners, as you would expect from the starting backcourt when Steph is out, that have made up some of that ground and allowed this team to win games without Steph Curry, which is something that has just not been able to be done over over uh, even some of the years where they had KD and and Clay and Draymond. It, it's tough, uh, but yeah, th- th- that's something that will go down as pretty huge if the Warriors can can continue to be successful, even at the level that they have been to this point for the next two weeks, three weeks, however long it winds up being for Steph Curry being out of the lineup. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's get to Chris in San Leandro here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on tonight, Chris? What's up, J.D.? What a great all-around performance from uh, the squad today. Um, So without Steph, uh, we're going into Wednesday versus uh, the Blazers. Um, barring our performance, uh, whether it be good or bad, what does your gut tell you the Warriors do before the trade deadline? Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think the Warriors would like to add at at the deadline. I, I don't know what the Warriors really want to part with at this point because I still think they probably view you know, Kaminga as a keeper at this point. And, and that, that's always how I look at trades is, is – well, what do you want to go get? What type of player do you want to go get? And I think the Warriors would be on the market for a 3-and-D wing, right? Get in line with the other 18 teams that think they're going to be playoff teams or 20 teams that are trying to be playoff teams in the NBA this year, right? 3-and-D wing. I think they'd love to have a 3-and-D wing that can guard multiple positions 
And and even if even if the three wasn't necessarily there, if the D was there, I think the Warriors probably feel like they've got enough shooting and offense among the the core players that they have. But if they could get one more player that could be somebody that could really help them improve their defensive prowess, especially down the down the stretch in games or just in key different moments. So I, I think a three and D wing would be the, the type of player that the Warriors would want to go get. So that's the first question. The the second question you always have to ask as it relates to trades is, well, what are you willing to give up? And that's where I think it gets a little bit murky. You know, Steph and Clay and Draymond and Wiggins are not going anywhere. Kevon Looney's still uh, you know, not going anywhere. Invaluable as a big on a team that's really void of of quality bigs that they trust to play on a on a night in night out basis, and he's a part of that lineup that's among the the top groups in the NBA. That the Steph Clay Wiggins Draymond Looney five that is the most trusted playoff lineup for Steve Kerr. So Kevon Looney's not going anywhere uh, in, in that line of thinking. Jordan Poole gets traded as a $4 million player and not a $30 million player because his big money doesn't kick in until the beginning of next season. So that makes him incredibly difficult to trade for. So you're trading away a $4 million player roughly, but then the team that gets him has to take him on and and be able to fit his $30 million into next year's plan as well. So it's just, it's a misfit right now for Jordan Poole. They could probably they need the calendar to flip to the next season to be able to trade him. So I don't think he's going anywhere. You wouldn't want Dante DiVincenzo to go anywhere. I think Kaminga's a keeper at this point. Clearly he's been much improved. He started the season playing extremely poorly, played his way out of the rotation you know, wasn't deserving of any of the minutes that Steve Kerr was not giving him at the beginning of the season. Pretty clear cut and obvious if you've been paying attention, but that's completely flipped over the course of the last six to eight weeks before and after his injury. And so Kaminga's a keeper now. So you know the top eight, and if Jermichael Green's going to play the way he's played for the most part, give or take a game here, game there, the last few weeks since he's been back from injury, he's probably around too. So who who are you comfortable giving up is the long-winded answer here to set this thing up. And I just don't think the Warriors would be comfortable giving up James Wiseman for – a ninth, tenth man, three and D wing off the bench. Like it just, it just, it's just tough to choke down doing that. I think if you're the Warriors, given the the fact that Wiseman and I think Moody's value has plummeted this year, based on the fact that that those two have been for the most part unplayable when they've been healthy in in Wiseman's case. And so, you you know, you don't want to sell low even if there is a financial component to Wiseman's deal moving forward that that may put you in a position where you have to make an uncomfortable decision with the luxury tax and and, and all of that. So I I get where you'd be on. So at that point, it's what are you trading if if you're the Warriors, which I think makes it it difficult. And I I think as you evaluate this team and Bob Myers and Joe Lacob and everybody in the front office are going to have to evaluate this team in the cost benefit of the player you'd get back and would you be willing to potentially move a young player plus a a pick? And again, I'm considering Kaminga off limits at this point. So is it Wiseman or Moody plus maybe something to get somebody who's a role player? 
I know some Warrior fans may do that deal. I may even consider it if it's for somebody that, that could be around moving forward if it wasn't a rental-type player. But at the same time, I can understand how that's tough to pallet if if you're the Warriors and something that you would not want to do because you just don't want to trade someone that you believe has a high level of value at a point in which that value has has plummeted. So leads me down the path of I don't think the Warriors will do something big uh, at the at the deadline on on Thursday but I do think they could be on the market to do something smaller but everybody's on the market to do something smaller so when the reports of Philadelphia's Matisse Thybul being available come up you know somebody that's a you know, not a great offensive player but but can be a lockdown defender kind of like Gary Payton the second was last year on that end of the ball, you'd want to go grab them. But I think every potential playoff team in the Western Conference would want to go, would want to come grab them and and give them some minutes in their rotation. So easier said than done. Long winded explanation, but uh, a tricky trade deadline. I, I feel like for the Warriors as they approach it, and and I think it's it's also a catch twenty two when it comes to you know the better this Warriors team plays, the more you want to help the team get over the hump but at the same time the better they play the more confident you are in the fact that maybe you have enough and i think the worse they play or if injuries start to come in you're you're less apt to chase if you aren't good enough to chase trying to fix something therefore trading a player when you'd be selling low on that player, in particular a, a younger type player, somebody that still you believe has upside like a, a James Wiseman or a Moses Moody. So 888-957-9570. All right, we'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll hear from Jordan Poole. We'll hear from Draymond Green. A couple of phone lines open. We'll get to the Xfinity Mobile text line as well. Feel-good night for the Warriors at Chase as they beat the Thunder 141-114, to 114, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Poole penetrates to Thompson. Thompson left side. Three ball! Number 11 for Clay. Timeout for OKC. It's 120-95. Tom Tilbert has called it. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Back here inside Chase Center. John Dickinson with you. That was three number 11 of 12. As Steve Kerr would keep Clay Thompson in the game with the Warriors. Still up 25 at that point. 120 to 95 uh, was the score at that point. And the Warriors uh, able to push the lead out. He Steve Kerr kept Clay in the game. He's able to knock down another one. And as Clay Thompson ends up with 12 of 16 from three, 42 points, 33 minutes. And it felt for a moment there in the fourth quarter like the Warriors were we're almost feeding it to him to see, ah, can he get to 14? Can the Warriors get to 29, which would be the uh, NBA record? But uh, no, to no avail, comes up short. I know Clay, in his postgame interview with the folks, uh, Kareth and the folks at uh, NBC Sports Bay Area said, yeah, he didn't like to chase records. The, the basketball gods frown upon those who, who chase records. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Steve Kerr's been reluctant to do that in the past. It felt a little bit like more of it was about Steve Kerr wanting to make sure that he didn't blow another lead for this team that's blown a lot of leads. And, and that was the big question in the fourth quarter, other than how many was Clay going to end up with. It was at what point does Steve Kerr pull the plug or feel comfortable enough putting the young players in the game and going mop-up duty, going developmental mode, down the stretch and and feel like there isn't going to be a 12-2 run right off the top to where he's got to rip some young players out of the game and go back to the veterans. You don't want to ever have that happen. And so it, it wound up basically being about 4.41 to go when Wiseman and Moody and, and others, I think Kaminga, who started tonight, even finished the game. Uh, but uh, Wiseman looked good in, in his little under five minutes of, of mop-up duty. Uh, around the basket, three of three, six points, and, and grabbed a couple of boards. But the story of the night is Clay Thompson in the zone, a vintage Clay performance, and the Warriors win over the Thunder, one forty-one to one fourteen. It is Warriors wrap up here at ninety-five-seven. The game eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll keep it rolling here for about another twenty minutes or so. We will hear from Clay Thompson between now and eleven o'clock. But uh, big night for Jordan Poole. You've got Steve Kerr and Draymond Green both saying they thought it was the best game that Jordan Poole had ever played. Let's hear from JP3 as he met with the media inside Chase Center here earlier following the victory. Jordan, both uh, Kerr and Draymond said this might be the best game they've ever seen you play. Did it feel like that for you? And what, why do you think it felt that good or looked that good? Uh, really efficient game from us tonight. Guys were picking down shots. Uh, we got in a really good rhythm early. Uh, a lot of guys had big games. Um, we were able to get a little bit of a rhythm and uh, got a big win at home. Tonight, Steve said, you know, with Steph out, 
you take on a little bit more of those point guard responsibilities or with 12 assists tonight, Kerr high, are you actively thinking I need to get play more of that point, you know, facilitating role? Uh, not necessarily. Still go out there and try to just play my game. I guess be aggressive. The difference is with Steph being out, I see a, uh, different coverages a little bit, more help. A lot of rotations are coming over sooner. So just getting off the ball earlier, trying to find my guys in pockets and kind of put the defense in rotations and guys are just able to uh, find some of the seams tonight, whether it's a backdoor cut or uh, guys just knocking down shots. Jordan, what was your favorite dime tonight? It's a great question. Probably the offensive rebound pass to Loon. It's happened twice this year already. Loon missed the first one. J. Mike missed the second one. So today was Loon caught it. Not the last one to Clay, the drive, fast break. No. It would have held my story if you would have said <laughs> JP, how much growth do you feel in your game, like as a facilitator, maybe now compared to a couple months ago? No different, honestly. It was the same. Just like I said, guys were able to make shots tonight. We limited our turnovers a little bit, got off the ball early, got a good rhythm, a good cadence, and big, big win for us at home. To follow, is it really just more about how the game unfolds? Yeah. Um, being able to score the ball, being able to play make, being able to get my team involved, um, also still being aggressive and kind of being able to create my own shot. You got to take what the defense gives you with uh, Steph out there. A lot of guys uh, will help a little bit more towards him, giving me um, opportunity to kind of attack one-on-one, run through closeouts, et cetera. But when he's out, the defense is loaded up a little bit more, a little bit heavy pressure. So just trying to make the right read and just play off the defense, essentially. Kind of to that. I mean, when Clay's in one of those zones, how much are you just thinking? Where is he? How can I get him this ball? Yeah, when he gets going early, uh, he's such a threat um, that we just play off of him too because um, we know that he'll be running around and uh, we'll find that he's open. But once like Clay gets hot or Steph gets hot, teams start to help a little bit more. And then we're such a good cutting team off the ball and the reads that we make in our offense really helped that. And uh, that was the case tonight. Since Clay is almost always off the ball, how important is the timing of the pass and, and the placement of the pass? How important are those little factors in getting him the ball when he's hot? Uh, well, as a basketball player, personally, being a facilitator and a playmaker, just trying to put the ball in the pocket for anybody, whether it's Wiggs, Steph, Clay, uh, hitting the pocket for Loon. You obviously want to try to give them a shot where they can just rise into it. But Clay's such an elite shooter and he has such a quick release. Honestly, you just probably need to get him the ball, to be honest. Um, and um, like I said, once he gets going, now, we were hitting him in the pocket a little bit today, giving him the passes with seams, and um, it, was a, it was a beautiful display to watch. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch, and, and Jordan Poole, a, a big part of finding Clay, one of his best uh, assists of the night. The drive to the basket had a couple of defenders drawn to him. You're thinking, is Oklahoma City going to fall off of Clay in the corner? And they did, and he was looking for Clay the whole time uh, to, to hit him in the corner. And it was just a brilliant play to watch develop. And, and it just, there was a, a command to the game tonight for Jordan Poole. He, it, he looked like a quarterback out there that was controlling things, that, that was very much in command of the offense and the team and reading the defense, but also reading his own teammates as to who was hot and in what positions and what he had to do to, to set up those teammates to put him in the best position. It was, it was a point guard type of a game for, for Jordan Poole as he stepped in for Steph in, in a big way. It wasn't try to go get 
35, and he didn't. He only had 21, but but so impactful in setting others up and, and setting Clay Thompson up. Career-high 12 assists for Jordan Poole in this one to go with the 21 points, and he was a plus 28 overall uh, in the ball game tonight, uh, a game-high plus 28 for Jordan Poole. 8 at 8 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, quick note on the Warriors as a team, and I saw this uh, Shane Young at Young NBA on Twitter had the number for the Warriors as far as games where they have 35 or more assists in the Steve Kerr era. This was the 100th game, 100th game that the Warriors in the Kerr era have had 35 or more assists. They're 95 and 5 in those games. Pretty incredible. Thought that was an, an interesting note. And then Kendra Andrews via ESPN Stats and Info pointed out the 12 threes for Clay Thompson, tied for the fourth most in a game in NBA history. Obviously, Clay has the record with 14 back in Chicago in October of 2018 in the 18-19 season. The 12, 14 on that night. The 12, though, the fourth most in any game. He and Curry, Steph Curry, the only two players with multiple games of 12 threes. They each have multiple games, two games of 12 or more threes. And obviously, Clay Thompson with the record in that one. I thought Andrew Wiggins, has, as he often does on, on nights where he plays well and the Warriors win, I thought this was Andrew Wiggins' best game. Two ways. You know, two-way Wiggs was back for a night here inside Chase Center. Best game he's had and under the radar in the way that Andrew Wiggins typically can be. But since the adductor and the illnesses and being in and out of the lineup and he starts to find his defense, but the offense isn't there. There were nights where he kind of floated on defense and the offense wasn't there. Tonight was a night where he didn't make the three ball, but he was seven of 10 on twos. He put in 18 points. His defense on Shea Gilgis-Alexander in lengthy stretches of the game was really good after Shea Gilgis Alexander was getting rolling early in, in in the first quarter. He was he was ten in the first quarter for SGA, and he wound up with ten for the rest of the game. And I think Andrew Wiggins was a big part of that defensively. And so you know, had a block, had a steal. He was moving the rock as everybody was offensively. But uh, I, I thought we got a little taste of two way Wiggs being back and and closer to join in the party again, and that's a, a very good sign because we talked about it on Warriors Live, the fact that you know, who has to step up in the absence of Steph Curry? Well, everybody does, but really it, it starts with Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole who moves into that point guard spot and Wiggins who has been having a great year up until the point in, in which he had the adductor in December and things have really been just down for Wiggins these last couple of months. So a healthy Wiggins backing in the fold and doing a lot of the things that he did for this team last season is especially important during this period where they're going to play without Steph. All right, let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Draymond Green now as he met with the media. Bill King interview room here inside Chase Center. Warriors 141, Thunder 114. Always great to hear Draymond's perspective on everything after a warrior win. 
Uh, Draymond, I don't know how long it's been since you guys had a relatively easy one. Did that kind of feel different and good to to be able to, whether you blew, you know, whether classic blow it or not, to be able to actually blow out a team? Yeah, no, we needed it. Like you said, it's been a while since we had a blowout win. So, you know, it's good to get this one, uh, especially first game with Steph out. You know, it's good to, you know, start off on this foot and, and try to create some momentum. Jermon, what did you think of Jordan's facilitating? And I thought that's the best game I've ever seen him play. Played a great. He ended with four turnovers. Three of them was this him understanding what was going on in the game and trying to get clay shots um, at the end of the game. So to realistically have one turnover and what thirteen assists or something like that. I thought he played an incredible game on both sides of the ball. Uh, he was good defensively. Uh, their whole offense is running guards in the guard guard screens and waiting on a slip up and then driving that gap. And he was incredible um, on that side of the ball. And he was incredible, obviously, offensively. He let the game come to him. He got everybody involved. And then he looked for a shot. And everything was beautiful. I thought that was an incredible game, one of the best games, if not the best game I've ever seen him play. Clay obviously had, you know, the huge night. But what have you just overall thought of, you know, his last month, his last month and a half or so? Oh, it's coming together for him. Um, you know, he's become more and more patient with the game. And, you know, he goes 12 for 16 from three. But, you know, just really allowing the game to come to him, you know, and he's looking real bouncy and spry. And, you know, it's looking good over this last month. It's starting to come together, which that a good time for us. Dre, we you know obviously Jordan did a great job running the game, but you look to be really kind of vocal and active. Is the, what does it happen for you as a leader when Steph is out and you got to kind of play quarterback again? Uh, it's just much greater responsibility um, when Steph's out. You kind of got to you know pretty much just try to keep keep a pulse of the entire game. You know, whereas with Steph, uh, you don't have to be so on. That makes sense. Like you, you can just kind of let the game take its path. And at times you may need to settle the game down, but for the most part, you can just kind of let the game take, take its path and play off step. You know, teams are so afraid of him that they'll just make mistakes worried about him. And then you just kind of play off that when he's not out there, um, you have to get everybody into more sets, make sure we stay, you know, calm and, and organized, you know, as Steve always call it organized chaos when Steph's out there. Um, you, you don't have that when he's not out there, you know, and so have to make sure we stay organized and, and get to the things that we want to get to you. It's hard to have uh, those laws that we can have sometimes when Steph is here because he can just bail you out, you know, and, you know, when he's not, it's, it's much tougher to do that. So just really trying to stay up on the game and make sure we don't have any laws and understand the importance of each and every possession because you're trying to make up 50 points uh, between what he creates with his scoring, maybe 60 points. Uh, the mistakes, you know, the baskets that you get off mistakes people make when he's out there, and then obviously his passing. So uh, you can't, no one guy is going to make that up. And so you have to do it collectively. And for me, it's understanding that, um, you know, got to make sure everyone understands the importance of each possession. You mentioned Jordan having understanding of what was going on in the game at the end, make sure you're trying to get to Clay. But he was doing that even before the end. What does that tell you is going on in his mind that he's feeling it? He's a scorer. Right? He likes having the ball, but he's looking to get it to Clay. Well, that's his next level of growth. You know, um, he has the ball a lot for this team. And his next level of growth is understanding when you have the ball that much, uh, the responsibility to get others involved. And he was there from the jump. You know, I just, when I say, uh, you know, it wasn't that he wasn't getting them involved the entire game, 
But at the end, he was just trying to force feed him, you know, trying to everywhere he went, he was just trying to find him and get him the ball. And we've all been there, you know, with Clay having one of them nights, we're all just trying to find him and get him the ball. And it causes some turnovers. And that's kind of what happened there at the end. But when he was just allowing the game to come to him and, and playing a great floor game, which he did all night, he didn't turn the ball over. He made great passes. He made extra passes. It was it was a beautiful game to watch him play. What did you think of that play late in the second quarter where Clay kind of waved off Jordan and then dribbled to the corner and then shot that three over two defenders and kind of slapped was, his hand like it was a high percentage? It was play. an awful play. <laughs> it was an awful. But I knew, if you notice, I started running back as soon as he started going deeper to the corner. I knew what was coming. You know, but we made up for it defensively. But it was an awful play. Very expected, though. Very expected. You, you mentioned the importance or making sure everyone understands the importance of every possession. And I think that's kind of been an issue this season with just not being able to string together a good decision and take care of the ball and stuff like that. Is this time without Steph maybe help some of the team like better understand the importance of those well, possessions? You have to. You either understand that now and play that way or or we'll lose. And so, you know, we want to make sure we kind of lead this team in a better position than than we were in when Steph went out, I mean, that's the goal, you know, and so understanding the importance of every possession is going to be key uh, during this stretch. Because like I said, when, when Steph's out there, he can he can cover, he can make up for mistakes uh, just with his scoring, with his shooting, with his presence on the floor. He covers some mistakes that you make. He's not there to cover those mistakes now. And so you have to do it as a collective. And I think we did a good job of that tonight, and we have to keep doing that. When Clay is having one of those nights, one of those games, you've seen a lot of those games. What is it like when Clay gets on a heater like that? For me, it's one of two things: either go screen for him or look for him on the pass. Uh, but I understand the things that can open up when he's having that type of game. If you saw, as, you know, later as the game went on in that second half, he started hitting the pocket. He started hitting slips, you know, because that's the attention that he draws when he's having a game like that. Uh, you know, but ultimately understanding that if you just get him. Um, the ball in the spaces where he liked to shoot. When he got it going like that, it's not much else you need to do. Uh, like I said, for me, sometimes it's either as a screener or a passer. All right, so Draymond Green there. A lot of thoughts on Clay Thompson's night, some some high praise on, on Jordan Poole's night. And I think the key that Draymond brought up as far as Clay goes is something that goes back to that team meeting from the middle of November after that Phoenix game where Clay really did make a conscious effort to be more patient and, and try to get in the flow of the game and keep the ball moving a little bit, not always just take the first shot that, that came to him. I think there's been times where he's, you know, as he's played better and, and shot a higher percentage, he, he's had a few more heat checks mixed in there. So that was part of the, the big takeaway from, from Draymond on Clay. But the bigger part for me was the, the part about how Clay's looked physically. Because Clay has looked like he's been a little bouncier, he's getting a little more lift. His shot is, you know, his his release is a little straighter, and and I think you know, maybe that comes with just physically him being in a better place and and pushing through whatever barrier from you know not playing in the off season to just working on getting his conditioning back after the the long haul and the grind of the playoffs and 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 all of the rehab and everything that he had to go through. Uh, so I, I think that's been an under-discussed component of Clay's reemergence here at a level that we're used to seeing Clay play at it, more consistently is, is the physical 
component of it. And, yeah, when you talk about tonight being a template for how the Warriors have to get the job done without Curry, it is Draymond being that vocal leader and being that defensive captain and, and elevating in ways that he can elevate this team because there are no gimmies with the Warriors right now playing without Steph Curry. All right, let's uh, – before we call it a night, go back downstairs. want to hear – give everybody a chance to hear from Clay Thompson on one of the great nights in his NBA career, 42 points on 12 to 16 from three, 15 to 22 overall. So uh, let, let's hear from captain Clay after this Warriors win. Clay, how, um, how important or how good was it to you? To, to, did it feel, you know, when you got a night like tonight, when, um, you know, people are saying, well, without Steph, the Warriors are probably going to tumble to come out in the first quarter and fire things up like you did, how good did that feel? Uh, it felt great, but what felt even better was the 43 team assists we had and to only 16 turnovers. Our starting lineup had most of those, so that was, in, I think, the indicator of how the night went. Uh, it's got to be the most we had all season, and the ball was humming, and when we do that, we're at our best, and for me, uh, I'm the benef- I'm a huge beneficiary of when the ball's moving, and uh, I mean, what, what the naysayers say, that's fine. I mean, but we have a lot of guys who are gritty, and we're not just going to quit because our best player's out. Were you intentionally trying to get going early on? Uh, not really. I was just hunting, hunting great shots, and... I got a couple great looks early, and I thought they were all in rhythm. You know, I thought I maybe took two bad shots tonight, so I thought it was a great night for myself as far as shooting the ball. Clay, we know how hard you've worked to coming back from those injuries to get back into that all-star caliber conversation. Um, You've had multiple 40-point games this year. You had a 50-ball. Do you feel like you deserve to be an all-star this year? To be honest, uh, no. If our record was better, yes, but... Uh, being two games above 500, I don't think uh, I should be in Salt Lake City. But uh, I will be an all-star before it's all said and done, again at least. So it's a goal of mine, and I'm going to show up when it matters most. I'll tell you that. We've heard um, Draymond and Steve Kerr say that uh, that's one of the best games I've ever seen Jordan Poole play. Um, to see him in control and dishing out so many assists, what was that like? It was awesome. I mean, career high in assists. I was a recipient of a lot of those. So JP is an incredible ball handler, incredible scorer, and he's developing into a future all-star. And he played with great poise and patience tonight and just an incredible talent that we were so lucky to have with the team. When you sat down for good with 441 left, it was quite the extended roaring ovation. I mean, that I know that means a lot to you, but especially now, I'm sure um, you can't, can't get tired of that, can you? Never. Uh, I appreciate Dub Nation for that applause, and uh, definitely made me feel good inside. So, thank you, fans. Uh, hi, Clay. Congratulations for the win. And tonight is Bruce Lee night. His philosophy is be like water, mm-hmm. and also you are a splash brother. How did that water? Um, how did that water uh, philosophy impact your game tonight? That's also a great book written by Miss Shannon Lee. That book helped me so much during the time when I wasn't playing basketball. And even outside of basketball, I uh, try to apply her and her father's teachings to my life. That book is incredible. And as far as on the court, just to be like water is just to flow, be effortless, be quick, but not in a hurry, and uh, always have ultimate belief in yourself. So that's what it means to me to be like water. And I thought I resembled that tonight. Did you uh, petition at all to stay in, maybe go for your three-point record? No, I'll let that happen organically, but 
I know I have another shot at it one day. You said you guys aren't gonna, you know, quit just because stuff is out. But for you, do you feel any increase in responsibility? Do you want to take on more responsibility when he's out, especially as you guys are still trying to stabilize this season? I mean, I might get a few more field goal attempts, but I just gotta be myself and play my game. And that's simplifying things. I'm not gonna go out there and play hero ball. That's when I get in trouble. So although Steph's out, it's a strength and numbers game and we gotta collectively come together and pick up for his absence. Clay, that's the second highest three-point total in any game besides the 14. Did it feel like that? Or was it one of those games where you kind of black out? One of those moments where you black out? I think it's third because Zach, Levine, and Steph at 13. Oh, I meant but... for you personally. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, what was your question? I mean, did it, did, it, did could you just tell it was going to be one of those nights like you were just in the zone? Like where you kind of – I know you said sometimes you black out and you have those moments. Yeah. I do every pregame when I'm doing my little warm-up. I flip a kettlebell to see if it lands upright, and tonight it did, so I knew it was going to be a good one. You guys are playing in Portland on your birthday. What does that mean to you? Man, it means the world to me. It's uh, such a special moment for myself, my family. I just can't wait. I mean, I grew up going to games with my dad in that building. Some of the best moments of my life, watching the Blazers when the Lakers came to town. I remember when Mike and Scotty came to town. I remember Vince Carter coming, meeting Allen Iverson, so... I'm just so excited to go back and see my family and be able to play on my birthday is uh, just incredible, especially at a young age of 33. Uh, I've had so many great memories in that city. I fell in love with the game growing up in Portland, so it's going to mean the world to me. Yeah, that's what's up next for the Warriors in Portland on Wednesday night, and the Warriors will try and get a little momentum and get to three games over 500 for the first time this season. But, uh, yeah, always fun to get uh, a post-game Clay press conference when everybody's in a good mood and things are flowing. And, and yeah, Clay, just such a thoughtful, thoughtful player about his own game and, and you know, can be unabashed on the floor. And, and you know, at times, you know, this season, I think hunting it probably a little bit too hard, but uh, he's really gotten himself into sync over these last two months really month and a half to two months and, and the Warriors have benefited and and you know even just the the blunt honesty of yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not an all-star this year but I will get back to being an all-star at, at some point uh you, you gotta love Captain Clay all right that'll do it uh for me as uh, the Warriors get the win tonight 141 to 114 uh next up for the Warriors is Portland in Portland on Wednesday. Warriors Live, 6 o'clock for that one, as I'll have it for you right here on 95.7 The Game. Then taking your phone calls and reacting to that one after with Warriors wrap-up. So uh, late night, West Coast, Wednesday night. Look for it as the Warriors try to get to 3 over 500. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Great job by one and all and a great night here at chase for the warriors as they get the job done over the thunder they win it 141 to 114 and you heard it right here on 95.7 the game you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t